Welcome. You're listening to the Making the Shift podcast, where you learn how to go from employee to CEO and build a wildly successful coaching or yoga business. I built my coaching business while working as a teacher, and now I'm obsessed with helping other women do the same. Each week, I will teach you high-level mindset and business strategies that you can implement right away. I'm your host, life and business coach, Denise Veneri. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I am so excited to bring you this episode today. It is the final installment of the Unfuck Your Business series. And I don't know if you noticed, but I've been a little nasally on the last few episodes since I basically started this series. I notice it. Maybe some of you have, maybe some of you haven't, but my voice has been a little scratchy and I've been, you know, nasally and you know, basically I'm recovering from COVID. Um, It's been a really long and interesting health journey of healing. And, you know, essentially I took a very long break in my business, you know, not being as active as I usually am on social media, not showing up so much in my Facebook group. I still had recorded some podcasts and I'm recording them um, as is my, like, I love doing this. But I took a lot of time off. And honestly, it used to put me into a tailspin if I couldn't work on my business. I had a lot of mind drama around it. But this time around, it really just felt like what was necessary. And it felt really good to just take time off. And the best part about that is I did like nothing. And I still signed clients, which is just so absolutely incredible. And it blows my mind that, you know, you really can take time off in your business, people and not stress out and not spin out and not worry about, you know, how much time you're working because time doesn't create clients. The quality of the work that you're putting out there, the quality of your thinking is what actually creates clients. So anywho, I just wanted to share that because I thought this was such an important lesson even for me to just sit in and recognize. And then of course, I want to share that with all of you. So We're on to the last episode of the Unfuck Your Business series, and this one is about mindset. So the first one we talked a lot about when you're feeling stuck in your business and you're not quite sure what to do next. The second episode, we talked a lot about the three problems that your business could possibly have. Um, And by three problems, I just mean all the problems you have in your business fall into these categories, either It is a marketing problem, a sales problem, or a mindset problem, a CEO problem. So the last episode was all about marketing and sales and how to really determine like whether or not you have that problem. How would you know if it was marketing or sales and then what to do about it? This episode is all about the CEO problem, which is really the mindset. So I know that um, there's so many different philosophies out there on how to grow your business, but truly for me, it's mindset and strategy. And if you think about it, it really all does come down to mindset because your strategy will come from your own thinking. Even if you're borrowing a strategy from your coach or you found somebody's YouTube video and they're telling you to implement the strategy, your implementation of the strategy is still going to come from your own thinking. So your mindset still plays a role. 
no matter whether it's a marketing problem, a sales problem, your mindset is still playing a role in the strategy. So there's really a lot of different places that I could start with mindset, but I want to begin with the discussion that I started last week. And that is, you know, a CEO problem is the is the mindset of the CEO. And what I mean by this is that a company is really run top down, right? So that the philosophy and the energy of the CEO will filter its way all through the business because it's the CEO who sets the vision for the company. They they set the overall tone and feeling of the business, right? And how they do that, it, it's coming from their thinking. It's what creates the overall feeling, right? It's what creates the results, the successes or the failures. And I think that this sometimes gets lost in entrepreneurship because like especially solopreneurs, right? You are it, like you're the one person in your business. So you might forget this, but if you've ever worked for somebody who was, let's say, narcissistic and maybe even a little bit abusive as a manager or, you know, as, you know, the boss, right? it filters its way into everything else that's going on in that business, right? So let's just say you have a boss who's like the office manager and he's narcissistic and he's abusive and, you know, he plays favorites or things along those lines, right? That energy that that manager is putting out into that office is going to filter to the people that work underneath him, right? And if those people have to contact with clients and they work with one another, it actually creates like a little bit of a toxic atmosphere, right? Where if the manager was someone who was super supportive and really creative and was always willing to hear the ideas of the people that he works with, it just creates a much more collaborative type of feeling in that company. So this might get lost a little bit if you are working by yourself because you might not recognize that you too, just like the manager of an office, is going to set the tone for the business. So I want you to really think about that as the CEO of your your business, right? As the solopreneur, you are the CEO, you're the manager, and you're the employee. So you actually are functioning on like multiple levels inside your business, right? So if your business isn't really producing the results that you want, you can determine, you know, whether it's marketing or sales, but either way, it's really going to come down to the way that you are thinking about yourself and your business. So In my one-to-one program, I cover a lot of the CEO mindset and the identity that like essentially happens, the identity shift that happens when you're moving from working in a nine-to-five and moving into full-time entrepreneurship and what it means to really grow a sustainable, purposeful, profitable business. There's a lot more to it, but I'm going to go into what I think is the most important mindset shifts for all of you as a CEO. And the most important thing that you have to cultivate is belief, especially in the beginning, because you don't have the evidence that your business is working. So you might have a lot of like evidence of taking action, but then not seeing the evidence of that working for a while. Not because it's not working or anything has gone wrong, but simply because it takes time. And this is where your mindset is really important in the beginning. 
your brain is not going to like that. It's not going to like you taking a lot of action and not seeing evidence. It's going to want to make it mean something about you. And the brain doesn't like things to take time, right? We're wired kind of for instant gratification, right? So your mindset is so important to manage during this time in the beginning. You have to believe even when there's no evidence. And it's so easy to believe like when you see evidence, but it's not easy when you don't. So this is so important to manage in the beginning because it's really the thing that is going to keep you like connected and consistent and it will propel you forward. So there are three main areas of belief that you really want to work on cultivating. So I'm going to walk you through all three of the areas and why. So first things first, belief in yourself, not just that you can do it, that you can grow a business, but that you're also good at what you do. So let me break these two down. So belief in yourself sounds really obvious, but I can't tell you how many people try to build a business when they don't actually believe in themselves. They want the proof that they can do it first and then they will believe when it's quite literally the opposite. You have to believe in yourself first. No evidence, just you, your brain and your ideas. Then Because you believed in yourself, you'll be motivated and inspired to take a lot of action. But when you don't really believe in yourself and your brain is searching for evidence that like what you're doing is working, you'll end up feeling disappointed and frustrated and confused because the evidence is the result of belief, not the other way around. And I've made a ton of mention on previous episodes of the podcast that the main coaching tool I teach my clients and the one that I use for my own self-coaching is the model. It's just a clean, simple framework for how we create our reality and our results with our thoughts. And I'm sure you've heard that before, right? That our thoughts create our reality. So here it is in simple practice. If you want your reality to be a fully booked business, you have to believe it first. Like waiting for the universe to show you the proof first is a little lazy and it's completely entitled. Everyone wants the results, but not everyone is willing to put the work in, especially when putting that work in is not guaranteed to give you a result right away because that's where the belief and faith come in. You have to believe in your ability to grow the business and your resourcefulness. You have to believe that when you fail, you're gonna keep going. Your belief in your business, your mission, and your vision is so important to like keep trying different things and figuring out what's best for your business. Believing also that you are good at what you do. This is another area that comes up for clients and is that they also have to believe that they are good at what they do, right? And that they're only going to get better. You have to hold a strong belief that you're good at what you do because it's going to show up in how you market yourself, like either when you're sharing on social media or in your sales calls when you get on the call with somebody and they have an objection, 
right? You have to be really strong in your belief that you're good at what you do when you're holding a consult with somebody. And you also have to have that belief when you're working with your clients. You have to believe this no matter what. I've coached hundreds, maybe even thousands of hours of coaching clients between yoga teachers and coaches and consultants, doctors, therapists. And one of the things I see come up for a lot of people is tying their own worth to the results of their clients. So when their clients are getting quote unquote results, they feel good about themselves. But then when their clients quote unquote aren't getting results, they feel like shit about themselves. But that's an error in thinking. It's what we call a thought error. You don't create your clients' results. They do. They are responsible for their results. So your job is to remember that and to have a strong belief in yourself and that you're really good at what you do no matter what. Okay. The next area of belief is to believe in your client. You have to believe in your client. You have to A, believe that there are out there, that there are a thousand ready clients who are just waiting to work with you. You have to trust that they will know what's best for them and they will reach out to you when they are ready. You have to believe that your clients can get results, that they are 100% capable and resourceful. You have to believe in their ability. Now, again, all of this may sound rather obvious, but I'm a big proponent of only working with people you feel aligned to. Never sign a client for the money. You can tell someone on a consult that they aren't in your niche or that you don't think they're ready for the type of work that you do, and you can send them off with some referrals. If you don't believe in someone's possibility to get the results they want with you, you really don't have any business working with them. It's completely out of integrity to make them an offer when you don't actually believe that they can get the results. It's out of compassion and kindness to tell them no. So you have to believe in your client, right? Like, And then when they're working with you, you have to believe in them, even when they don't do the work. When their brain offers resistance, you have to believe in them and hold space for them and their possibilities. Okay. So the last thing that you have to be really secure in and believe in is your offer. And no, I'm not saying that you need the perfect offer. So don't go ahead and try to revamp yours. What I'm saying is just believe that the offer you have today is the best offer, period. You have to believe in it. If you don't, you're going to have a really hard time selling it to other people. And I hope that that makes perfect sense to you. Now, I want to be clear because this one's interesting because there are a lot of new entrepreneurs, new coaches and yoga teachers, wellnesspreneurs who don't have an offer. They might have a package of sessions of something, right? So like you can have three sessions for $300, but that's not actually an offer to speak of because they don't actually have a process or method that they created to help their clients with their problem. 
And when you don't have a strong offer that you believe in, it comes across in your marketing and your sales calls. So what do I mean then by offer? For me, I define it as the way in which you work with people. So yes, like, is it a one-to-one offer? Is it a group offer, a membership offer? How long? And what is the investment? Those are all parts of the equation. But your offer also includes the method or process that you take your clients through. So for example, let's say you do body work with your clients because you help them manage their anxiety. Well, how do you do that? What does six months of body work, whether it's yoga and Reiki or mindset coaching, look like? How do you help them? What are the steps that you take somebody through over the course of six months that's going to bridge the gap from where they are to where they want to be? How you do that is your method. And it's a process that just makes it really clear to you and then to your clients how you do that. When you create your offer, like once you have that, you have to believe in it. You have to believe that your offer is the best offer for your clients. You have to believe that the price is the perfect price and that the it's like representative of the value of your offer. Now, notice what I didn't say about how to create your offer. You do not go and ask your audience what to create. You don't poll your audience for whether or not they would pay for something like this. That speaks to not believing in yourself or your offer. And when you do this, you actually send the message that you don't have any authority or agency in your own business, your field, your industry. So instead, you want to stand in your belief and authority and create a program or method and an offer that you make the right one by believing in it first. So another way that this could come up for you is when you're waiting for someone to pay, like to actually sign a client to validate the work that you're doing. And essentially, it's like you're looking for someone to pay you first before you can believe in your own offer. But that's the wrong way to think about it. The way that someone's going to pay you is because you had to believe first. Why should a client believe in you and your offer when you don't? And the clear answer for that is that they won't. This is why some of you are getting no's on consults. Or you might not even be getting consults in the first place because you don't actually believe in the work that you're doing. So create an offer with your ideal clients in mind and then believe in it. Believe in its power to transform someone's life. Believe that people want what you have to offer and they are willing and able to pay for it. And sure enough, people will. So to recap this part of the mindset of a CEO, it's essentially they have this belief trifecta, belief in themselves, their client, and their offer. If there's a lapse somewhere in your belief, you have to work on it. You have to coach yourself to believe in those three areas so you can show up confidently in your space. Now, the other part of the CEO mindset is 
very clearly discerning the difference between employee thinking and CEO thinking. I did an entire podcast on this, so I'm not going to dive in as deep as maybe I did on that episode, but I still love diving into this. I'm so fascinated by it because as a school teacher, this really has come up quite a bit. The employee brain is just so well established in our culture because it has its roots in school thinking. Like being a student and an employee are really quite similar. And we're just not taught how to be entrepreneurs. We're taught how to be good employees. And we often, that training ground began as students in the school system. So I'm not going to dive into all of that and my thoughts on that. I will eventually do a really in-depth and thorough podcast on that. But for today, I just wanted to share that with you, that that's why we struggle a lot, right? Especially if you don't come from a family of entrepreneurs, it can be a little hard for you to figure out how to do that. Not because you suck at it, but simply because you were taught to be a really good employee and not a critical thinker like an entrepreneur. So this employee thinking in your business, I want to just highlight just a couple of ways that that shows up. And for one, it looks like you wanting someone to tell you what to do. Unfortunately, sometimes people hire coaches and expect their coach to tell them every little thing to do. And a coach is there to maybe offer some strategy, but essentially it's to teach you how to think for yourself inside your business. The reason why you want someone to tell you what to do is just because you're used to it. Like you've been sold on that model, right? You've been sold on that as a student and then as an employee. But as an entrepreneur, there's nobody who's going to tell you what to do and nor should there be. You are the CEO. So if you're looking for, sometimes this shows up as looking for external validation from people. Again, this has its roots in school and working in like for other people, right? So we get external validation when we get the A on the paper. And what this looks like in an office is your yearly performance review, right? You're looking for external validation from other people. So this looks like that in your business with you know, how many people are engaging with you or how many people are signing with you. So you want to just be mindful of that. Also, not having clearly defined boundaries when you're the CEO, the manager, and the employee at different times in your business. So I mentioned earlier that as a CEO, you're not just the CEO, especially in the beginning. You're usually a solopreneur, so you have to wear many hats, right? Like you're going to be the CEO and hold the vision for the company. Then you're the manager who's going to plan out how to achieve the vision. And then you're the employee who actually has to do all the grunt work, right? And you wear those hats at different times in your business, but you have to have clearly defined boundaries of when you're doing what. And you have to come from a place where like you are making solid decisions because you're not coming from that place if you're coming from a nine to five. You didn't have to make all the decisions. Someone else did that for you. But in your business, you are it. So another way that the CEO mindset kind of shows up is in time management. It just seems to be something of an issue for new entrepreneurs. And I don't want to say like an issue in a terrible way. It's just something that people struggle with that I notice. Um, But time management is mind management, 
right? So if you're not managing your time well, it's really about managing your mind. What's going on that you aren't setting a schedule or following through on that schedule? And it's not the end of the world, but it is definitely a CEO mindset issue. If you're constantly creating schedules, but then not following through on it, then it's just really a matter of managing your mind. Now, there are a lot of other ways in which the CEO mindset can kind of manifest as a problem, but I think that this is enough for now, and it really should have given you a lot to chew on. So I want you to really just look at the ways in which you can unfuck your business by going all the way back to the first episode in the series is really stop indulging in the emotions of like confusion by telling yourself that you feel stuck in your business, that that's just a convenient way to keep you playing small because you're not willing to feel vulnerable. Or another way to unfuck your business is looking at, do you have a marketing problem? Is it a sales problem? And then what are you going to do about it? And then lastly, know that it all comes down to mindset and your belief in yourself, in your clients, and your offer. Okay, this series has been so much fun. And now, as with all of my content, do not simply consume the content, meaning don't just listen to the episodes. You have to implement it, okay? So go implement and go make an impact by providing value and make a fuck ton of money doing it. I'll see you all next week. Hey, if you're ready to grow your business, I want to invite you to learn about coaching with me. Set up a time by going to denisefineri.com forward slash consult. We spend one third of our lives at work and it can be purposeful and profitable while having the impact that you want. So until next week, go make some epic shifts. Thanks for tuning in.